you are listening to the From Scratch Body. I'm Liv Austin and I believe that anyone can cook. Since being diagnosed with endometriosis, I have been on a journey to find out what food makes me feel great. By cooking my meals from scratch, not only have I started feeling much better, I've also fallen in love with cooking completely. So every week we explore a new topic that can help us feel better and become better cooks and then I share a recipe with you so you can cook along with me if you want. You can always find the recipes and the transcripts from the podcast on my website, thefromscratchbody.com. Welcome back to the From Scratch Body. I'm Liv and today we are talking about having healthy snacks ready. That snacky feeling can really creep up on you, but in general, it's no big surprise. So have some healthy, helpful snacks at the ready for those impulsive moments. Midday snacks are quite fun and exciting. They don't need to tick as many boxes and often just need to settle a more emotional hunger than an actual one. Have you heard of the Japanese term kuchisabishi? It pretty much translates to lonely mouth. You just want to eat something, but you're not actually hungry. That feeling of basically being snacky in Norwegian as well. You can be fisen, which means you're not hungry. You just want something. You're fisen for something, something quick and tasty. I'm sure there are terms for this in all sorts of different languages. If you speak a different one and you'd like to let me know, I'm super curious. So do comment on my Instagram if you have a word for snacky that's fun in your language. It can be hard to predict exactly when these snacky moments will happen, but it's not hard to predict that they will. And it's totally cool. The only small danger with giving into these snacky moments is that you can go for things that don't fit with what you're trying to provide your body with. If you are doing a really good job at cutting down on salt and sugar and preservatives in all your meals, for example, and you're feeling better as a result, it would be a shame to take steps back with a little snack in the middle of the day. An overly sugary snack, for example, can have the unfortunate effect of giving you a bit of a sugar rush and then you hit an energy low and the rest of the working day becomes much less energized than it needs to be. And same with salty snacks. If you've cut down on salt in your cooking, but you're forgetting about the salt in your snacks, it can be frustrating because you feel like you're making a big change, but your body is not feeling much better. So you can put yourself in the best position and make sure that you stack up your fridge and cupboards with helpful, healthy snacks. I'm sure I'm not alone in feeling like I can resist going to the shops and buying something that's bad for me, but the ability to resist simply opening a cupboard door is much harder. And yes, I'm bringing it up again. Planning. Just a bit of planning will make things much easier And more pleasant for you throughout the week. Because if you have predicted your snacky moments, you won't have to do anything other than open your cupboards because you'll find amazing snacks in there. The first thing you need to do is be honest with yourself. What kind of snacks do you usually crave? If you fancy a soft, gooey bit of chocolate brownie or cake or fudge or a macaroon, then try to make something that will scratch that itch. I have found that my super energy nut balls really do it for me when I want something sweet and sticky. But actually, 
all that's in there is nuts, nut butter, and a bit of healthy sweetener. If you want to push it a bit further towards a dessert, you can have a few dipped in melted dark chocolate. It's a bit more of a sweet, but still not too terrible for you. As you probably know, dark chocolate has some great qualities for your body too. Or maybe a peanut butter, banana, and oat cookie would do the trick. There are so many lovely, super sweet snacks you can make with ripe bananas, and you'll get your sugar fix in the very best way. If you're more of a salty snacker and you want a bit of a crunch, find ways of avoiding the saltiest, deepest fried tortilla snacks on a regular day. There are all sorts of great ways of getting your crunchy fix. It might not sound that exciting, but some ready chopped carrots, cucumber, and celery sticks, and a hummus in the fridge can really help this craving. Maybe try the Parmesan baked courgettes that I talked about recently. They're not crunchy, but they have a lovely salty topping. You can quite easily make some quinoa crackers. I'm going to do a recipe for in the future, which will live in your cupboard for quite a long time. Even if you don't make something from scratch, just having some quinoa and rice cakes ready, maybe spreading some peanut butter on them, will be so lovely and satisfying. But you haven't filled your body up with something deep fried and overly salty that's going to make you feel terrible. Maybe have a list of ideas ready and hang it up inside one of your cupboard doors. You can even have two columns. If you're craving A, try B. Help yourself make choices that will feel great for the rest of the day, without leaving your mouth lonely. What is your favorite midday snack? Do you have a healthy, tasty option that you love and want to share? Please do share it with me on Instagram or anywhere else that you can find the From Scratch Body. And now, since I mentioned it, I'm gonna do my hummus recipe. When I didn't find my perfect hummus in the shop, I made it. And when it dawned on me how easy it was to make myself, I never went back. Hummus makes every crunchy snack and many dinners. Much more exciting. One of the things I've never really minded getting ready-made from the shops is hummus. There are some lovely pots of it in the supermarket, but there was a period I really fancied some hummus, and I was walking around the supermarket trying to find a hummus without garlic in it. My partner wasn't eating garlic at the time, and I thought I'd spare him the torture of my garlic breath. That proved a challenge. With all sorts of lovely fresh hummus variations, not a single one was free of garlic. Now I do understand and respect that garlic is a pretty important part of a traditional hummus recipe. However, I was certain that it could be pretty tasty without it as well, and that's the first time I learned to make hummus from scratch. Ever since, I've always made mine at home. It's a lovely thing to make fresh, and I feel like my homemade hummus stays fresh for longer than the store-bought ones. Surprisingly, and of course, there is the option of playing around, leaving garlic out if needed, doing different batches. You can do one plain, one with sweet potato, one with roasted pepper, whatever you want, really. 
There are plenty of hummus recipes online and I don't think you will have struggled to find one before this. I guess what I can offer that is new is the option to leave the garlic out or to just think slightly differently about your approach to hummus because you can make it however you want. If you can have it exactly the way you want, how will you make it? More runny? Less runny? Is there something you've always wanted to add to your hummus for a new flavour that you've never seen in the shops? Try it now with your own homemade hummus. And don't waste the chickpea water from the can, the aquafaba, because you can use this in baking and cooking and it's going to come up again very soon. For one large pot of hummus, you need one can of chickpeas in water, not dry chickpeas, a quarter of a cup, about 60 milliliters of fresh lemon juice. That's roughly what you get from one lemon. A quarter of a cup, again, 60 milliliters of tahini, which is sesame seed paste. Two tablespoons, about 30 milliliters of extra virgin olive oil, plus a bit more for serving if you want. About half a teaspoon of ground cumin, some salt and pepper to taste possibly two, three tablespoons of water if you need it, and optionally, a small garlic clove. And some other options, you can have some ground paprika or some chopped coriander or parsley for serving. Start by draining the chickpeas, but as I said, save the chickpea water because you can use it for vegan baking like meringues or even cooking or condiment making. We are going to look at vegan mayonnaise very soon. Boil the chickpeas in water in a pan for about five minutes, then drain and rinse them and let them cool. Some people peel the clear skin off the chickpeas after they've boiled and rinsed them. You will notice that they come off really easily now and they claim that this makes a smoother hummus. I'm not particularly desperate for my hummus to be as smooth as possible and frankly, I've tried both ways and I can't tell much of a difference. So if you're like me, just chuck the chickpeas in your food processor or blender. Add the lemon juice, tahini, olive oil and seasoning and garlic if you're adding that. And blend it all until it comes together smoothly. If the mix is a bit too thick at this point, this is when you can add a tiny bit of water, just a tiny bit at a time until you get your desired thickness or smoothness. Serve with some seasoning or garnish on top and have hummus with some bread, carrot and celery sticks or with a lovely Mediterranean dinner. So good. I would love to see your hummus. Did you add anything funky? I would love to hear from you. So share your result with me on Instagram and tag the From Scratch Body so I don't miss it. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Remember that you can always check out the recipe on my website, thefromscratchbody.com, if you want to have it in front of you when you're cooking. But be brave and make it your own too. Also check out my Instagram at thefromscratchbody and my YouTube channel, The From Scratch Body, for lots of food inspiration that you can totally recreate yourself. Remember, cook from scratch and your body will thank you. See you next week.